Shalom and welcome to another episode of Christ in Prophecy. For the past few weeks, we've been working our way through the Feast of Israel. Ordained by God in the Old Testament, these annual festivals were intended to point backward to God's provision for His chosen people and forward to His promises to be fulfilled. We've already considered Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits, but this week we will unpack a feast that most Christians know by its Greek name instead of its Jewish name. More on that in just a moment. I'm joined this week by David Bowen, a close friend of Lamb & Lion Ministries and a regular contributor to our Lamplighter magazine. David, thanks again for helping me co-host today. You know, I always want to say thank you and welcome and so on and so forth, but this time I've got to say it again. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom, y'all. Well, David, I suspect that you and I are excited about this feast for what it means to Absolutely. us as Gentiles, but really I think that there's more to it, uh, even as the feast was described in Acts chapter 2. Well, this is the festival, this is the feast which started the church. This is the church age beginning. It sure is. But we also know that we have another special guest with us today who brings special mm. Jewish perspective. Richard Hill, thank you for being our, our relative expert on all these Jewish feasts. Obviously, as a Messianic Christian and a pastor, gifted teacher, we look forward to all the insights you will bring us. Thank you very much. And I'll say Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. <laughs> all right, you got to tell us and our viewers, what does Shalom Aleichem mean? Shalom Aleichem means peace be unto you. And the typical response then is Aleichem Shalom. Right. Well then Aleichem Shalom back to you, sir. All right, well Richard, as we consider from a Christian or shall I say Gentile perspective, Pentecost, tell us a little bit more about this feast that was known to the Jewish ear as Shavuot and what it means in the Old Testament. Well, let's go to the Old Testament then. Let's, let's get do to it. the book Levit Leviticus chapter 23. All right. And we are in verses 15 through 17, and then we're going to skip 18 and 19 and go to 20. Okay. And so this is the instruction that God gave Moses. And he said, You shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day when you brought in the sheaf of the wave offering. Now, what day was that? That was Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Yeah. But that was the last feast, which is yes. called? Feast of That was Feast first of Fruits. First Fruits. Yeah. Exactly uh, right. Yes. You guys didn't know there was going to be a test. <laughs> So we're counting now from that day. So Feast of First Fruits, we're counting when you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. That was the barley offering, right? There shall be seven complete Sabbaths. Now this is where this Hebrew name comes from. Shiva, Shav, uh, Shiva Shabbatot. And Shabbatot, basically. So Shiva is seven. just means seven Sabbaths. Okay. Yeah. That's where you get this Shavuot. Okay. Shavuot is plural for Shavu. Gotcha. Okay. okay. That makes right. sense. Shavuim is another plural word as, as well. But So it's seven Sabbaths, and that's, you're counting Sabbaths. You're counting the Saturday Sabbaths now, right? After that Sunday. Then verse 16, you shall count 50 days. So now God is clarifying specifically. Okay, I want you to count seven Sabbaths, but now I want you to count 50 days. And guess what? That's where we get our Greek word. Pen well, Pentecost. 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 Pentecost means 50. Correct. 50. 50 days, right. 
to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Now you're going basically Sunday to Sunday. Okay. Then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. Now this is in the month of Sivan. And about what time frame of the year, again, just to remind our, our viewers, would that be? This is still... This is the end of the spring. The end of the spring. Yeah. So we started with the beginning of the spring, the first fruits, essentially. Right. And now, seven weeks later, we're at the end of the spring mm -hmm. with that spring harvest. And which is really amazing when it comes to the fulfillment aspects. You, everything was fulfilled. The first four feasts were fulfilled in the first coming, but that fourth feast separated by time. And remember, Jesus had already ascended. Right. Yes. Okay, you got to keep reading because this gets exciting now. Yes. Get to verse 17 right. for me. So we have a new grain offering. That is the wheat offering, okay? So the wheat comes in later than the grain, okay. uh, than the, uh, the barley, I'm sorry. Verse 17, you shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. Yes. All right. So first back of to all, leaven. Yeah. First of all, there's two loaves, Jew and Gentile. So God's already bringing Jew and Gentile together. But this one, in previous times, he talked about the leaven, the sin, had to be taken out. But here, God is saying to put the leaven in. Put it back in. Is that because it's not placed on the altar? It's not burnt? Why, why does God say this? Well, let me tell you, this is what happened. They are creating two loaves of bread, okay? So the loaves are not just these small, tiny, little loaves, okay? Seven hand breaths wide or long, seven hand breaths. Okay. Four hand breaths wide and four fingers thick. Do we get this from the Talmud, which is a commentary on right. the Bible, okay? So you've got a very long piece of bread and it's got leaven in it and it's on one tray. So maybe about the size of this table, or even bigger. Okay. Wow. And the priest is waving this before the Lord. Two loaves. So you already, you already ruined my, I gotcha. <laughs> my punch. <laughs> right. The two loaves represent the nation of Israel and then the Gentile nations, okay? The Gentiles. And so God includes the Gentiles once again in the feast. We talked about it at Passover. We talked about it at First Fruits and the Lenten Bread. He's bringing those Gentiles in. He doesn't forget about them. So you're saying the priest would have known that it was for the Gentiles too? That is the rabbi's belief. Okay. That is the rabbi's teaching that those two loaves represent Israel and the Gentiles. Wow. You got it right, brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's what's amazing. neat is it's on one pan. And so the pan represents the unity between together. the two. Yep. But now when we look, and I'm you know, talking first, uh, talking a little ahead of myself, but when we look to the fulfillment, and you're going to see that you already talked about it, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah getting saved. Mm. At the feast of so when Shabbat Paul Wolf. talks about this later on, he, I mean, he has this for a foundation, coming back to what God said and how God ordained this. So the coming together and the grafting in was already God's plan from the beginning. From the beginning. Now you're going to get to it in a moment, but as you go to verse 20, it even talks about this being part of the bread of first fruits. So you know we had the feast of first fruits back 49 days earlier, 50 days, right. and now we're having yet another. Uh, bringing of first fruits, if you will, this the spring harvest to the Lord. It's the same situation with the wheat. They're cutting down the wheat and then they're parching it. They are wheat and barley. And they're winnowing it and then they are making it fine into fine flour. Yeah. Mm. Just to, to make the the two loaves. Right. And just a question here, going back to when Jesus resurrects and when the church begins. 50 days later, knowing it's Pentecost. I mean, he's already putting the two together, the Gentile and Jews together, as the church begins. 
I mean, that's when the, the ascension happens. Mm -hmm. You're jumping is. way too fast. Oh, that, I, I, <laughs> way ahead you're of getting me excited. I'm looking <laughs> at this and saying, too. this is wonderful stuff. I mean, it's like it all comes together. Okay, so what about the leaven, though? So the priests are waving this, these loaves of bread before the Lord, and they're saying, we're worshiping you. We thank you, Lord, for providing once again. But on the spiritual side, he's saying, we are sinners. We have sin in our life because leaven represents right. sin. sin in the Bible. We are sinners and yet we're able to worship you and you receive our worship. That's what's the, uh, the most important aspect of this. Thing. That's the Holy Goosebumps right there. The Holy Goosebumps. So would they have understood? I mean, literally, in the day of Jesus Christ, there was a court of the Gentiles. And so the temple itself un had arrangement for Gentiles to come and worship. They couldn't go into the more... Uh, inner rings of the temple, mm -hmm. but they were part of the throng that would come and worship. And yet, it seems like oftentimes when Jesus reached out to Gentiles, when, when He pointed out that God didn't come to a Jew, He went to a woman who was, uh, was not Jewish, He offended His Jewish listeners, yeah. especially the, the Pharisees and, and some of the rabbis and, and scribes. But even the temple demonstrates God's provision is for the Gentiles. So as you look at this feast, how would they have understood that connection? Or would oh, they in that day? They age? would have totally understood it. But it's kind of like a Jonah situation, you know? They explain don't want. That. Yeah, explain that. They don't want the Gentiles to be saved. They don't want the Gentiles to be coming in, even mm. though they recognize that God had a heart for the Jew, for the Jew and the Gentiles. Wow. So that was almost the hardness of heart that you would say, I don't want to be a conduit, just like Jonah. I mean, why would I go to them? They're the enemy of my people. Until they became Jews. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. So you have Gentiles, and we'll see that as we get to the Acts chapter 2. There are Gentiles there. And that goes to the Jerusalem Council, too, in, in, in Acts 15, the whole Jewish and how to become a Christian back then. Well, it goes to Peter's reluctance even to go to yeah. Cornelius. He was called a righteous Gentile, but certainly I couldn't go into his home or, or eat with him. And the exactly. Lord had to say, no, 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 you don't understand. This good news is for Jew and Gentile alike. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you weren't even allowed to go into their house right. under Jewish law. Right. So you could not even fellowship. You couldn't eat with them. That was not, you know, you're not forbidden. That was forbidden. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, what other traditions, hearkening back to that day, or even more? Well, look recent? at verse 20. Yeah. Take us there. The priests shall shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering with the two lambs before the Lord. They are to be holy to the Lord uh, for the priests as well. So there were other sacrifices going on, burnt offerings and and the wave up peace offerings. You see, and uh, this was thanking God for peace as well you know, having peace in, in their lives. And so there was a two lamb offering before the Lord on this same day as well, as they are waving the loaves before God. And it's kind of interesting, you know, the rabbis believe that the two lambs are representing the two tablets of the law. Hmm. Hmm. That was your, what your question Back was Back to the law. So there's the understanding. Is there even some uh, tradition that the Lord delivered the law on this particular day. That's where we're going to Exodus <laughs> okay. chapter 19. There you go. I'm, you did this time. <laughs> yeah, I got you got him this time. time. <laughs> it's a segue. I'm, I'm, I'm teeing him up. So the rabbis over the years read the scriptures here in Exodus 19 and they determined that the giving of the law occurred on Shavuot. And as you go through this chapter, you see it. Well, look, let's just look at the first verse. 
in the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. On that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. And so that's the first day of the third month, and that's Sivan. So the sixth day of Sivan is the Feast of Shavuot. So you have to kind of read through the chapter. We'll give that to you for homework. And you'll see uh, God saying, okay, now I want you to take three days to consecrate yourselves, right? And that's over here in verse 10. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their garments and let them be ready for the third day. Is that important? For the third, third day, day, third day the Lord yep. will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. Yeah. And so they took three days, but there was also a couple of days before that. Took three days to consecrate, wash, right? Perform mikvah, which is the, the water baptism. Ceremonial washing. Yeah, ceremonial washing, but wash your clothes as well. Get prepared for God is coming. Now on verse 16, so it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder, lightning flashes, thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound or shofar blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. And in the New Testament, it says Moses even trembled as well. Mm. doesn't say it here though. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And so the Lord in verse 18 it says this, now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and his smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently and then the trumpet grew louder and, and so you've got all this sort of chaos going on on the mountain and they're all watching and they are in fear. And why wouldn't they? And that earthquake, even in the book of Revelation, that earthquake means the presence of God. So you see that power in the presence of God in the very beginning. The very beginning. Yeah. And the smoke and the fire yeah. as well. And now we're going to go to the fulfillment. So on that note, Richard, you just made a, a prophetic statement even as you were presenting this. You said, the Lord basically said, get ready because God is coming. Boy, that, that's a good message for this overall series that we're talking about. Get ready for God is coming. And we're seeing that even yes. in these ancient feasts. And the other thing I would point out which I think we brought up in our previous conversation about unleavened bread and first fruits, is that this particular day, which was 50 days after the Sabbath, the Saturday celebration of the Feast of First Fruits, would have been a Sunday, but it was also considered a Sabbath, a special or holy day set aside for this particular feast. So whichever day these feasts falls on, fall on is essentially a Sabbath to the Jewish people. Wow. <laughs> All right. So we used to consecrate themselves too. And I don't want to get ahead of you again, but in the <laughs> New Testament, we're taking off the old and putting on the new. And you kind of see that happening here too, where you're, you're, taking, you're cleansing yourself. You're, 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 and that's what it's all about. So yes. it, it, it all comes alive. It all comes together, which very excites me about God's Word. In a lot of the Jewish world, there's a lot of consecration as well. Yes. And just preparation, even before yeah. a wedding. Preparing yourself for... So tell me this. Before uh, mikvah, during, yeah. you know, before you even get married. So. Yes. In the day and age of Jesus Christ, after he had ascended to heaven, as the apostles would have gathered together to celebrate this feast, and, and whether they were in the actual upper room that Jesus had, had shared the Last Supper, it was quite possible because it was a room they had access to. It had mm -hmm. space for everybody. They are gathered to celebrate this feast, to celebrate the giving of the law, but also the provision of God for the Jews and the Gentiles, they would have been... Well, I'm kind of laughing about that because they were scared. Sure they were hiding, were. Yes. you know, and so they're not really celebrating. Okay. Yeah, That's they're, a good they're hiding away. They're just like, the rabbis are going to, you know... But they are together on this day. Oh, yeah, they're and together. And then what happens? Well, because Jesus said, 
I want you to tarry for the Comforter, right? Yes. So we have 50 days between the feasts. And when did Jesus ascend? What day did he ascend? He ascended after, yeah, 50 days 40 after. days. 40 days. On the it, 40 was 40 it was 40 days. days. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, they were, he was gone for a week and a half yeah. when this feast occurred. That's right. So he, when he told them on his, on his ascension into heaven, he told them, I want you to tarry. Well, he told them to tarry for 10 days. They didn't know it was 10 days. They didn't know how many days it was when he said because that. Because Pentecost right. was 10 right. days later. Yeah. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit because I gave the law to the Jewish people to live a holy life. Here's the law. Follow these instructions. Now I'm going to give you the comforter mm. so that you can live a holy life. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's do that. Yes. Now everybody knows these scriptures already. All of you viewers, I'm sure. But what's kind of neat is the connection we see with Shavuot and what we just read in Exodus chapter 19. First verse. And when the day of Pentecost had come, or Shavuot... They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise, right? Like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So we have similarity. Rushing wind, smoke coming down, fire on the mountain, right? Well, here it's just noise, but we're going to see some fire, right? Verse 3, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Chodesh and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And so now you see, here's the difference though. Here's the difference. The believers now are being indwelt with the Spirit, yes. but they are also being baptized. And that's the difference, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you had the prophets and you had the kings. Some of them were already indwelt with the Spirit, as First Peter tells us. The difference is now baptism. So we have two fulfillments the first fulfillment is from Joel chapter 2 for the Jewish people, for the nation, okay? Even though the nation is not entering into this at all because they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. Right. So now they are being able to enter into the new covenant and into this revelation that God now is bringing. Fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 where God says, I'm going to give the Spirit to all what? All flesh. Right? All flesh. Jew and Gentile. Gentile. Two so whereas he brought Two the loads. law when he came to Mount Sinai and he delivered the law on stone tablets, now the Holy Spirit is basically delivering the fulfilled law of God onto the hearts of men. Jeremiah taking out, 31. Taking out our heart of stone, giving us a heart of flesh, flesh but fully indwelled by the Spirit. Boy, it, it is flesh that is sanctified, set apart, and, and really living out the law, not just as an external but now incorporate into our very being. Amen. And this is Joel chapter 2. We'll go down to verse uh, 16. In the Acts same chapter, chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm sorry, but it's Joel chapter 2. It is. You're referring but back to. Yeah. This is now they're going to just quote Joel chapter 2, Got verse it. 28 through 32. But we'll just do 17 and 18 and, and 16. But this is what was spoken of to the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit upon all mankind, meaning right, all flesh, was what the Hebrew says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So we see this prophecy being fulfilled, the Holy Spirit given to Israel, but also going to be the Gentiles as well, and it's going to continue for 2,000 years. 
That's what, that's what the rabbis didn't know about, this mystery age. The mystery age. So on that note, I have to ask, is this feast completely fulfilled, and is it something that, that Christians, Gentiles and Jews alike, should be commemorating, celebrating to this day? It was fulfilled back then, but it continues to be fulfilled as every single person that comes to Jesus and receives the Holy Spirit, they are a part of this as well. Continues on for the last 2,000 years. But the church, see, that's the second fulfillment. This is the birth of the church. Yes, it is. Now we have the church age that was predicted by Daniel chapter 9. Right. And why are we not as churches having a birthday party? Yeah. Every single year on Siva 6, we should be having a birthday party. <laughs> I think I'm going to from now on. I mean, I'm convicted <laughs> that really this is a celebration. This is uh, a celebration. That, that we should be enjoying. Really, all the feasts, as I studied getting ready for this series, I realized all the feasts are just that. They're a celebration of the family of God. Many of our testimonials, which we've been sharing, uh, people talked about growing up and it was a time to gather as a family and just have the joy of the Lord now as believers, but just to have a joyful time. And as Christians, we should be people of joy and celebrating the Lord's goodness, but especially on these special days when we commemorate the birthday of the church. Oh, wow. I think churches all over the world should be celebrating. I mean, we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus right. on it, a day that we don't even really know that is the right day. It's amazing how it this all comes together. This day we together. know. Yeah, it all ties in together, which is kind of interesting. And I, will, I don't think the Gentile church really studies the Old Testament well enough to see the connection because everything just, it's not a mixed mass piece. So I'm I got to ask a question. I was going to say, I'm available for any church out there that wants to be Well, to and, come and we'll make sure that they know how to get a hold of you. But where have you, gentlemen, gotten all the knowledge other than the Word of God? Richard, tell us a little bit about your book and David, what you've referenced because you even have a chronology of Israel in prophecy. This is my latest book, Israel and Prophecy. It's a chronology, and I put all the prophecy, future prophecy of what's going to happen to Israel in a timeline. And this book actually covers 150 plus verses, sets of verses about Israel and prophecy. And I run across people that just don't believe in prophecy uh, and don't believe that we should even study prophecy. Yeah, we do all the time. What a, what a tragedy for especially a believer. David, how about you? What, what books or resources well, do you my, go my to? My heart is the book of Revelation uh -huh. because people say it's too hard to understand. And you've and done I, a book about that. I did write a book on that because the answer to that is all the answers and all the symbolism is in the Old Testament. Amen. Now, the feasts are wonderful to study, but to understand the pictures and everything that you have in Revelation, if you understand the rest of the book, you understand the last book of the Bible. Well, and that's a key to us. Uh, that's why we went through Jesus in the Old Testament is to lay this foundation. If you don't understand what God has revealed in the Old Testament, so many things in the New are mysteries yes. to you. Yes, you can understand Jesus Christ because it, it's so simple a child can, can understand that glorious good news. But to really unpack the mysteries and what has been revealed, you need to understand the Old Testament. Today, for our viewers, we're going to offer up Israel and Bible Prophecy. This is a tremendous book by Dr. Reagan talking about past, yep. present, and future. That's a great Richard, book. Yeah. I would encourage them to get your book. We'll put a special offer on the screen for you watching today because if you don't know enough about your Jewish heritage, even as a Gentile believer, it's important to realize that God has not cast the Jews aside. As a matter of fact, He still has a special provision and a promise held out for the Jewish people, Amen. which is why part of our job as Gentile believers or Messianic believers is to bless the Jews and to be a conduit of His blessing. What better blessing, Richard, than sharing the glorious news of Jesus Christ 
which is why you're wearing the shirt you have today. There you go. Yeshua loves you. Yeshua Amen. loves you. We know and the, Gentiles. <laughs> Jew and Gentile alike. The Feast of Shavuot has meaning to the Jews still today, but Pentecost has a whole new significance to Christians, both Jews and Gentiles. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit that ignited the apostles and launched the church has continued to ripple outward for the past 2,000 years. Let's hear the testimony of Egal German, a Jew who now proclaims Yeshua, Jesus, as the Messiah, foretold by the Jewish prophets long ago. Um, for me, the Feast of Shavuot was, uh, even when I was a non-believer, it was a time of uh, celebrating the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Although in the biblical text itself, we are not uh, given this information that God uh, revealed his Torah to the people of Israel specifically on the Feast of Shavuot. It's a very ancient Jewish tradition, whether it's happened or not, God knows, but it's very likely that uh, this was uh, indeed the case. And interestingly, when we uh, move on to the New Testament, we see that the Feast of Shavuot played a major role in the early stages of the early church. Uh, we see this in Acts chapter 2. And it was the biblical feast when the Spirit of God was outpoured on the ancient community of believers in the city of Jerusalem. When I came to faith in Yeshua in Israel, it was I was part of the Israeli Messianic uh, congregation called Beth Hesda, at the House of Mercy, and um, uh, I remember that uh, the congregation, uh, the congregation went to celebrate Shavuot together with other believers uh, in a place called Yad Shmona. And I remember uh, being part of it. It was my first time attending this amazing event with all the believers uh, praising God in Hebrew, in Russian, in Arabic, uh, English, and other languages. It, and it it was such a deep impression in my heart that I, I still and I still praise the Lord, the fact that God still has a remnant of Jewish believers even today. And I do believe it's part of God's providence for the body of believers that he continues to reserve, to preserve his community even to the second coming of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua HaMashiach. So Shavuot is a wonderful spiritual precursor uh, to the outpouring of the Spirit and it's a reminder for the Gentile believers today that we still have a remnant of Jewish believers that we are out to pray for, to support, and to stand for as we see in God's Word. Egal German is a passionate teacher of God's Word and a committed evangelist of the Gospel. I think it's exciting to see that God is still raising up watchmen and evangelists to proclaim God's wonderful Word. In fact, I think there's more Jewish believers now than there were in the first century. So how about it, Richard? Are there more Jews? Obviously, you share the message of Yeshua, the gospel of Christ, to Jews and Gentiles around the world. Are there more Jews coming to faith today? I believe there are. And in, especially in Israel, you're seeing over 150,000 Jewish people that believe in Yeshua. Wow. And many of the rabbis actually believe in Jesus as well. Praise but the Lord. they're not proclaiming that to the world. They're kind of keeping it secret. And they're just giving little little secret messages out to say, yes, we are believers. Yes, it's amazing. And here in America... And where I live in Las Vegas, we're, we're preaching the gospel to the Jewish people and many are getting saved. But you know what? We need more. We need more. Well, our bottom line here at Lamb and Lion Ministries is that the good news is for everyone. You know, Jesus came to the Jew first, but also shared his message of salvation with the Gentiles. 
And the Holy Spirit showed Peter that the gospel was for everyone in every nation who would come to him. We are not ashamed of the gospel, and we are not ashamed to proclaim the mighty name of Jesus. Known in Hebrew as Yeshua, our Jewish Messiah's name means salvation, or literally to rescue or to deliver. Soon, very soon, I believe, He is coming to gather His church, rescuing us or delivering us before the wrath of God falls upon the earth. Do not wait another day or another hour. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ right now and be saved. Your life, your eternal destiny depends on the choice you make. If the Lord tarries, we'll be back next week with another episode of Christ in Prophecy. We'll hope to see you then. For now, this is Tim Moore for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up and be watchful, for the Son of God, who sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and counselor, is coming again. Thank you.